I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dirk Cutter reveals who's going to start Sunday in Chicago, but only to his quarterbacks. I'm going to tell you why Ryan Fitzpatrick played a lot better than you think he did on Monday Night Football. In poor Chris Conte, he aggravates a knee injury and he's placed on injured reserve. Could that stiff arm be the last play of the season? Or hopefully not his career. The Rays were eliminated Monday night and mailed it in on Tuesday. They got blasted by the Yankees 9-2. But they're trying to find out a few things about their team. The Lightning fall to Florida 3-2 in a preseason game. Nikita Kucherov leaves the game with a lower body injury. Not expected to be very serious. We'll tell you how the Bolts are looking. All that and more. On this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey, is swimming with the manatees on your bucket list? Well, if so, seven days a week, you can do just that with Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. I want to tell you guys, I've done this many years ago with Chris Sims. There is nothing like swimming with these beautiful creatures. Ask about their $30 Manatee Bronze Tour and be sure to ask for their free offer for law, active law enforcement officers and U.S. military. It requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price. After that, you're eligible for a free tour. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. All right, so Steve, I was out at One Buck Place on Tuesday, the postmortem, if you will, of uh, Monday night's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers tough way to to lose that game so much about that game uh, was was really the bucks doing things to lose as it was for pittsburgh doing things to win and we can get into all of that it was but a of course the big game. question it was a sloppy it, it game was all sloppy. the way around all the way around. referees too right absolutely I mean, absolutely yeah i mean what was it four roughing the passer penalties yeah five there was the five. five there's three on pittsburgh and two okay, on yep. the bucks yeah i mean which pun- is another return for a touchdown that was called back Mm-hmm. On a holding call, I just yeah, it just felt it was a really sloppy game. Yeah, it, it was hard to watch. Um, even when I went back and watched it on on uh, the replay, but um, you know, the the big story, of course, was was Ryan Fitzpatrick with those three interceptions in three consecutive passes in the second quarter, which has totally doomed the Bucks. We're gonna go back and look at those, and and I mentioned in the open, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, why overall he played a lot better probably than you even think he did. But as far as Dirk Cutter, of course, you know, everybody wants to know. And this is a nationwide sort of thing. And I, I think the mystery has been over for a long time. You know, this is, they are not trying to, you know, protect the nuclear codes here. I mean, this is one of those coach things. But, you know, Dirk Cutter, finally, Jameis Winston walked into the building on Tuesday. He's back from his three-game suspension. We knew this would happen. If I were him, I would have been in there about 12.02. Um, Are we sure he, he wasn't? Early. Are we sure he wasn't last night? No, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Okay. He, although I was, I was told he was there fairly early. It wasn't like I thought it'd be like at 6 a.m. or something. It wasn't quite that early, but he did. He did come in. It was actually a player's day off in terms of mm-hmm. normal players. If you go in, you know, Tuesdays are day off. They're, when people talk about short weeks, and I want to clear that up a little bit too, 
it's not a short week in terms of they're going to have the same number of practices on the same exact days. Mm-hmm. The difference is is that Monday is usually the day after the game that players come in and get treatment, and they 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 meet for a short period of time and they look at the previous day's game, and so they kind of correct their mistakes and then they go about their business and they're off on Tuesday. Well, because they don't have that recovery day, that's what you lose. You lose the recovery day because you go straight to your day off, but you still got to go in for treatment. They don't have meetings, so then that means that Wednesday is a little bit longer because the first thing you'll do is look at Monday night's game, and then you got to quickly move on. It's more of an imposition for coaches who don't get to go to bed at all because you know they've, they've played Monday night, and they have to pretty much you know burn them in Iowa and get right into Chicago if they haven't already looked at it a little bit on Sunday. So that's, that's sort of what the short week is. For a player like Jameis Winston, who has not played at all, and has been working out at Skyway Park with a bunch of guys. When I say he's not played, and played with the Bucks or been in contact. You know, he didn't need the recovery day. So there's nothing short about Jameis's week in terms of, oh well, he just can't. He's not going to have as many practices. No, he's going to have as much as he ever would have um, if they were inclined to play him. Which, which, this is not breaking news, but my my personal belief, and there's every indication, is that they are not going to start him against Chicago. They're going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Cutter said he had both players in today. I don't know if this was separate or, or together, but he informed them both of his decision. Yeah, so I know there's a lot of interest uh, in the in the quarterback thing, and uh, I did talk to, to both uh, Jameis and Fitz, and it's great to see Jameis back in the back in the building. With you know, he was he was here early and working hard. Uh, you know, welcome Jameis back. We're glad to have him, and uh, short short week. And uh, he assured me that he was ready to go, which I don't, I don't doubt for a minute that he's been, that he's been working hard. And uh, so, you know, we know, we know what we're going to do. Both guys know what we're going to do. Hope everybody can appreciate that, you know, it doesn't do us any good to, to tell our opponents what we're going to do. So, you know, that'll, that'll work itself out here as the week goes on. But, you know, we do have a plan and, and both guys are aware of it. They're not going to tell anybody, which will be probably hard to do. I'm sure they told their wives and, in the case of Fitzpatrick, all six children. Um, but it's fairly obvious, and it will be obvious at some point to everybody at practice, and maybe not to us because we only get to watch the first 30 minutes as far as the media goes. Um, but we know, we kind of know it's going to go this way. And tomorrow, or today, later this morning, we'll get to talk to Jameis Winston for the first time and ask him about, you know, being on suspension, watching the Bucks play, the job Fitzpatrick has done. I'm sure he's going to be, you know, glowing about all of it. But it was, they said it was good to have him back in the building. And, you know, again, the reason why Cutter is playing this sort of game, if you will, um, it's just what coaches do. You know, why would we tell Chicago? Why would we let them know if there's a thought that the Bears will spend even an hour watching tape of both quarterbacks instead of just Fitzpatrick, then that's one less hours and that that person or, or group of people can prepare uh, for the real thing. And so, um, you know, why are they not telling anybody? Because they don't have to. They don't have to tell, and they won't until probably kick off it, you know, until game time or somebody on Fox or, you know, breaks it or whatever as far as the game goes. But I don't, I don't think it's going to shock anybody. And, and the, reason, the reason is this, is that, you know, some of it's football stuff, Steve, and this, this happens from the youth league on up. If Jameis had been hurt like Carson Wentz, 
and was coming back, you know, he he may even get his job even after the way Fitzpatrick has played. Um, but the fact of the matter is he took himself out. You know, he, this was a suspension. So, you know, sort of this, you've not been with us. Now you're coming back and we've already got, we've got some momentum. We're two and one. The guy who you gave your job to, who we trained in the preseason with the number ones, is lighting it up. He's thrown for 400 yards in three straight games. Which, by the way, let me ask you this question. Are you shocked that Ryan freaking Fitzpatrick is the first quarterback in NFL history to have three consecutive games? Not the first three, any three. Mm -hmm. Three consecutive games of 400 yards passing or more. I was shocked that the record is four in a season. I know, right? Fitzpatrick's got three in three games. Isn't that? I mean, I don't know why. I just assume that like Drew Brees throws for six thousand yards a year, yeah, or Brady or somebody's he had three done weeks it. Yeah. where he went over four hundred. Yeah, you, know, you would Marino. Yeah, Marino, absolutely. You know, uh, maybe John. Now John Elway didn't throw for as many yards all the time. Or even Who if he got to the old Houston days, a Warren Moon and stuff. You know, where Warren they're just Moon slinging the ball around. One. Yeah, yeah. Or in Buffalo, Jim Kelly. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. You know, something like that. How about Peyton Manning? I mean, I would have thought he'd had about three, 400-yard games. Um, but it's never happened before. So what we're watching is, you know, obviously rare. But, but don't, you th- don't you think even, even if Jameis was, was hurt, let's say this was an injury, this wasn't a suspension. Okay. And Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and does that first time in the foot. But beyond Fitzpatrick's stats – Mike Evans has never had a start better than this. The, the team's offense has never had a start better than this. That never. Even if it was an injury, Jameis has never played with the team this well. Mm-mm. No, it's not saying he can't. But mm-hmm. even if it was an injury, I don't think it's guaranteed Jameis comes back in. I mean, this is, you know, at this point in his career, Jameis isn't Tom Brady who no matter what happens, yeah, he hasn't won enough back, games. He's, he's right, going back right. in, or Peyton Manning, or somebody like. I mean, Jameis in his career is not there at this point. That I don't, you know, it wasn't that Ryan Fitzpatrick just won two games, and so you know, th- well, no, that he Jameis won two would, games you know, last year, and and he gave his job up, but he didn't look like this, right? That's what I'm saying is that yeah. with as impressive as Ryan Fitzpatrick starts been, you're going to get into why the interceptions weren't all his fault, yeah. and, you know, despite the fact he had three of them. That I don't think it's even even if it was an injury that that wasn't a suspension. This was an injury that Jameis is guaranteed to get his job back at this point. Well, perhaps perhaps not. I mean, and and that's why you should never take a rep off, as many veteran players have told me, um, because he's white hot. I mean, he's like I said, this is NFL record stuff. This is not normal, even for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's not just a hot streak. It's it's a a ridiculous hot streak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I you know, I think there are reasons for it that Jameis could have taken full advantage of. Fact of the matter is, we don't know. We won't know until he plays how it's going to look with Todd Munkin calling the games. Number one, and I think that's a big we, part of this whole thing. Is of course, I, it is. you know, is is you know, Dirk is known for his play calling, and that's what got him the job and and came up. And not it's not saying he's bad, but Todd Munkin is on a hot streak right now with play calling, putting his team in a position to succeed and being yeah. aggressive being Very. super aggressive which yeah. we haven't seen Dirk Cutter do for the last 3 years not yeah, to this I mean, level they've, they've hit 50 yard pass plays in every game and multiple times you know in uh, on some occasions i mean they had 275 yarders in one game 
that stuff just isn't, you know, that's more like Madden's, you know, video game stuff. You don't see that in the National Football League. And I thought, I thought Pittsburgh pretty much, you know, even though they hit a deep ball to Mike Evans for 50, um, I think Pittsburgh pretty much said, okay, we're sitting in a, two, in a cover two shell, and we're going to play a lot of zone, and we're going we're gonna to not let you throw the ball over our heads. And for the most part, they didn't let them throw it over their heads. They had some chunk plays, clearly. I think Pittsburgh's game was to try to bring as much pressure as they could on Fitzpatrick, and they did. It was by far the worst game that the offensive line has had. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is Pittsburgh's personnel is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, T.J. Watt's a pretty good pass rusher. They, but the other, you know, they play a three-four, so a three-four. So they out-scheme you. It's something, you know, it's something you don't that the Bucks don't see in practice every day. Um, there's a lot of teams that have gone to the three-four, but you still have basically a pass rusher you have to account for coming from some direction on every play. You don't know, you know, the three-down linemen, but you don't know if those guys standing up on the end are dropping or coming. So, you know, they'll walk guys up in the A-gaps and linebacker. They'll put guys on e- either end that could rush. And, and you have to be able to adjust at the snap of the ball. And I don't think the Bucks did a very good job of making those adjustments or executing them once they tried to play. I mean, on occasion they got beat just physically, and then they also got out-schemed, and they had a ton of mental errors. And that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick was hit 13 times in that game. He was sacked three times. And he was also, you know, drew three roughing the passer penalties. So he paid a big price, you know, on Monday night for playing the Pittsburgh Steelers physically first and foremost. The other thing that, you know, you have to look at is the interceptions. And, and, you know, we're going to focus on these. And and I feel funny doing it because I didn't do this with Jameis Winston very much. And and people are calling me out about that, by the way. And it's true. I wrote, But I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times this morning. My point of doing it is this, that um, much like me and you have discussed here, I would have told you after the first half yesterday and they're trailing, or first half Monday night rather, and they're trailing 30-10 to 10 at halftime, and Fitzpatrick has thrown three interceptions on three plays. I'd have told you then that he's playing his last game. Because I said if there's a meltdown of some kind, you know, against the Steelers, that would be what, what might prompt them to play Jameis at Chicago. I think a better question would have been, what if that was the Chicago game and Jameis was available on the bench? Would you have made the change at half? Yes, yes. And that's what I was going to get to next is now it changes. And the reason it changes is you're not looking at Ryan Griffin, who I even was thinking, you know what, he may even get a couple reps here. But when Jameis Winston is standing next to you and you're watching that, it's going to be almost impossible to resist to put him in. The problem is when you put him in, he's in for the year. Mm-hmm. And probably for until you're done with him as a player, right? As a, as a, or as an organization. You cannot run Jameis Winston out there and if he plays poorly, take him out and put Ryan Fitzpatrick back in. You do that, you've lost your franchise quarterback card. You just have. And so, you know, when you turn and this is all look, this is all part of the decision-making process. You know, you can overthink this thing to death, and that's what we do. But I think for, for you know, the obvious reasons, um, not the least of which is, and Steve, we talked about this. You made great points about this before the podcast is, what do the players want to do? You know, of course, and I asked Dirk Cutter this, about are you worried? You know, just like everybody in, a, in Tampa Bay, because I have the timelines to prove it, are debating this. And let me tell you, 
it's 50-50. Even with the success they've seen Fitzpatrick have, there are just as many people that think Jameis should just walk right in here and take over the huddle. There really are. Well, and you and I were talking before the podcast about the long-term implications of this as far Mm -hmm. as the franchise quarterback and that. But the players, at the end of the day, don't really care about the long-term outlook. Nope. Is that because next year's not promised to almost any of them? Very few of them have guaranteed contracts or fully guaranteed for next that's year. I true. mean, that's the way the NFL is. Is that they may like Jameis, they may think he's a great mm-hmm. guy, they may think he's a great quarterback. But if Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's on a roll right now, they're looking to have success in their career. Their window's Absolutely. short to play football and to to have success and to make money. That sure they they want what's best right now. Is is you know future be damned. Quite frankly, for most players, because tomorrow's not a promise to any of them. Now the owners may think differently, but in the sure. the hard part, and we've talked about this too, is with Jason Light and Dirk Cutter, they've got to think long term, but they got to keep their jobs too. They got to win Sunday, and and that's and that's usually you know usually your GM, and I'm not suggesting you know Jason isn't really doing his job because obviously he's the GM still, but. Um, you know, usually that's why you have sort of this check and balance with most organizations, unless you're John Gruden and you don't give a damn who the GM is. You're going to do what you want. You have your own scouting um, department. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The deep state, if you will, of the Oakland Raiders uh, personnel department. But um, but most most times, you know, the coach worries about Sunday and the GM worries about every Sunday. You know, the Sunday's ahead of them. So that's sort of the balance there. But in this case, I would say both men need to win every Sunday. You know, uh, and so they're going to play it, you know, as if every game's a must win. And it kind of is in the NFL. Um, but, the, you know, the quarterback's on a hot streak. Look, if Ryan Fitzpatrick just wins those games, okay, he's to say he's two and one, however he got there, but he wasn't doing this. It would be much easier, mm-hmm. right, to put Jameis Winston back in the fold and go, go get him. Um, but the problem is what he's doing is, is phenomenal. And the production is off the chains good, historically good. You know, just it's hard to fathom that nobody has done this before, three, 400-yard games in a row. And you're right. Players right now, right now, uh, Deshaun Jackson doesn't need a change. Oh, he's, you know, a, he's already Mike said Evans, that. He said that publicly. Yeah, he let's run the hot hand. And why not? I mean, the guy's got, you know, he's averaged over 100 yards a game for three games, and he has three touchdowns. They've got three players. Think about this. They've got three players now who have had a touchdown in every single game. Three of them. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans has got three touchdowns, one in every game. Chris Godwin has a touchdown in every game. And Deshaun Jackson, you know, did not have a touchdown in his past game, but he's got three on the season. So three touchdowns, three players. You know, in the case of Evans and Deshaun, you know, they've also gone over 100 yards just about every single game, except this pass for Deshaun. But um, it, it has been the production, if you're just looking for guys wanting to get their touches, wanting to, the only guy that has a complaint would be Cam Brait. And he got his first catch the other night, and guess what? It was a score. Mm-hmm. You know, Cam hasn't been as involved because he's more of a red zone guy. And when you score from 75 yards, you're not in the red zone very long, or if at all. So, you know, he's he still, he still got plenty of – and plus, he just signed a long-term deal. Okay, so he's good for now. He's going to want his he's – look, they all want their touches. And coaches, like Dirk Cutter has said, I'm keenly aware of the fact that it's my responsibility to help these guys get paid, you know. And 
Well, we don't just throw it to Adam Humphreys to throw it to Adam Humphreys, but we want to use all our guys so that they can perform too. And they have to be cognizant of that. But you're right. There's nobody you know that I know of that's saying, man, we got to get this Fitzpatrick out of here, you know. He's just, he's just not, he's not producing for me. They're all happy with what, what he's doing for them, um, you know, and as they say, he's making them money. You know, he's making them all money right now. But how long will this go? And I think that's what the Bucks need to find out too. There was just no, there's just no upside. And watch, I'll, I'll say all this, and then we'll find out, the, you know, in a couple of days that you know Jameis is starting. But that would floor me. I mean, it would floor everybody. Um, but there's just no upside in putting him in now with this hot streak, with this much production and so much clicking right on offense. If he were to go out there in Chicago against that defense, which is very, very good, and Khalil Mack sacks him and causes two fumbles and he throws three or four picks and they get the, they get the hell beat out of him, oh, boy, right? Oh, boy. And remember this. you gotta, you got to turn your, your – G, you're the GM. And eventually the coach might have to do this too. But you're the GM sitting in that suite, wherever it is in Chicago on Sunday, and you have to turn to your boss and say, yeah, um, I, I saw this coming. You know, or, you know what, maybe I should have played Jameis because that's what they're thinking. You know, they're thinking, why did you do this? And it doesn't make sense to do it right now. It just doesn't. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've talked to people close to Jameis. They don't want him playing. Now, I'm not saying Jameis wouldn't play because Jameis wants to play every game. But there are people close to Jameis that represent him that say, look, I'm fine with him not playing this week. He comes in and you fails. Know? It's bad. It's really bad. This town would, this town would, would you know, you think the locker room's divided. I mean, they, would, they could run the coach and the GM out on a rail, you know, for doing it. Because even though they lost to Pittsburgh, they should have beaten Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the difficulty of, of this game when you break it down on film isn't that you lost to the Steelers. The Steelers are a good team. Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. They've got great receivers and, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and, um, you know, obviously Antonio Brown is a monster, a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, you know, Mike Tomlin has the most wins this side of Bill Belichick. It's a team that's picked to go and, and normally goes – to or deep or into the NFC, AFC Championship every year. No shame in losing to the Steelers, who were absolutely desperate at 0-1-1. Having said that, they gave this game away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had more opportunities to outplay Pittsburgh. They left so, so many points on the board, just with the field goals they cooked, kicked and, and drives they didn't finish. But then on top of that, of course, the turnovers. And, you know, one in the red zone. I mean, if I said to you, that, you know, before you saw the game, hey, in this third game, after Fitzpatrick's played so well, eh, he's going to throw three picks on three passes. I got back to thinking about this. I've covered the Bucks a long time. I don't remember anyone throwing three interceptions on three throws, you know. That's hard now, to do. It, it's, it is. And there was a roughing the passer play in between that, so that didn't count as an official attempt. But, but literally, um, you know, managed to turn it over including once in the red zone. But when you go back and, you know, because I, I was, even when I was writing my column, I backed off on this a little bit, but it looked like, you know, there is an expiration date. You know, like, okay, that's it. You know, time for Jameis type thing. But then he came back, and, and he did what he did in the second half, and they should have won the game. But when you go back and look at these, these plays, Steve, and I, 
I'll say it off the bat. We didn't do this for Jameis every week, so it's a fair criticism. But they have a decision to make. And well, so it's it, a fair it, criticism, but until this game, you didn't have a decision to make. I didn't have it. Yeah, right. We I mean, Jameis was, was your starter for the last three years. Yeah, he could throw five, and it didn't yeah. matter whose fault it was. He was going to play. He was your starter. So, yeah. So, in this case, you're looking for, okay, well, how did he play, right? It may, maybe they should make a change. When you look at it, this whole game was given away um, starting first and foremost with the protection. The, the, they have had protection to this point. This is also a reason why maybe you think Jameis is a better player because he can extend plays better. Uh, and can get away with lousier protection and has done that throughout his career. But, you know, as far as Pittsburgh went, they knocked the hell out of out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the interceptions themselves, two of them were a result of poor protection. And the first one, when they're down there about the 12-yard line or 7-yard line or so, um, you know, it's a simple – you've got you got a stand-up linebacker on, on you know, to – Fitzpatrick's right to the right side of the offensive line and all they have to do is slide protection you know you you never if you're outflanked you know if there's more guys on one side of the line of scrimmage than you can block then everybody has to block that direction right you'll hear you'll hear sometimes you'll hear quarterbacks go razor razor which is really means go to the right right we're going to slide protection to the right or laser laser which means sliding it to the left so I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Whatever the call was at the line of scrimmage when he's going through those maturations, Demar Dotson does not move to the guy on his to the outside. You know he stays inside, and Evan Smith they end up blocking um, down on the same on T.J. Watt, both of them. So that leaves the linebacker flush. I mean, they turn them loose. You can't turn players loose in the NFL. You just can't. And they've got a little out route you know, single coverage combination here with Deshaun Jackson that Fitzpatrick's going to throw hot because he sees the guy come off the line of scrimmage and he's going to throw it hot. Well, the dude's in his face. The ball bounces off the helmet, goes up in the air. The safety who is supposed to cover Adam Humphreys has turned him loose, and he's in, he's out of position, but the ball's coming right to him, and he intercepted at the six or seven-yard line. So there's at least three points off the board that you're probably going to get even if you don't execute down there in the red zone. And as many as seven, okay? But that's that's turnover number one. Again, turned a guy loose, screwed up the protection, uh, a mental error, and it cost you points off the board. And so that's interception number one. Interception number two, Mike Evans just runs the wrong route, just pulls up, you know, sits down in his own when he's supposed to run through uh, you know, kind of a cross, crossing route there. And when he sits down, Fitzpatrick's already let the ball go because he's throwing it to where he's, he's throwing them open. That's what quarterbacks in this league do. They throw you open. If you follow the ball, you're going to be where you're supposed to be, you know, in between zones and whatnot. But he stopped, okay? You can say, well, boy, that, that Pat, where was that ball going? Now he missed him by a mile. Yeah, he did. 
because the receiver did not do what he's supposed to do. And Mike admitted it immediately after the game. He said, you know what? I screwed him. I just did. It's all on me. So that's turnover number two. Turnover number three on the third, the next play, they get backed up with a punt. And they're on their own two-yard line. First down, they get nothing. So they're going to run, you know, sort of a sort of a screen pass or, or pass out in the flat to, uh, to Jacquez Rogers. Well, they got an eight-man protection, and you should be able to hold up, you know, because if you're going to throw out of your own end zone, you got to make sure you have mass protection. So Fitzpatrick drops back. Well, Ryan Jensen gets beat, gets beat man-to-man. You know, Fitz, I, I think, held the ball too long because I'm not going to put it totally on, on the blocking because I think if you're in that part of the field and certainly if you're throwing out of your own end zone, you have to make a quick decision. And if you get any kind of anybody in your face at all, or you, you've got to chuck that ball out of bounds. You just have to. Well, he hung in there, hung in there, and the guy either hit his arm or, or got in his face, and the ball sailed up on him, and, you know, it, you know they pick it off. It's, a pick, it's the easiest pick six in the world. They give, now you've given up seven points on defense. So there's your game, you know, the, the plays you didn't. And that doesn't even count, you know, the times that, you know, Chris Godwin dropped balls in the end zone and, uh, you know, you, you had – you know, the fumble in the game by Godwin, which killed a drive. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of stuff they left off the board. And a punt return that you returned. And the punt return, my God. who I mean, that was electrifying, right? If that one holds up the momentum alone. Are you kidding me? Deshaun Jackson on a Monday night football with all his exploits throughout his career takes it back 80 yards? I mean, that was electric. And you, and you got that one called back. So – there were so many different plays, but as far as the way Fitzpatrick played, well, we know what he did in the second half. I mean, he torched him. You know, he just absolutely torched him. He got him back in the game. They got the ball just under three minutes, two timeouts, two-minute warning, and they need a field goal, just a field goal to tie the game. And they go three and out. And then the defense gives it up and they never get the ball back. So, you know, he played pretty good overall, and – you can't, you know, he, he, and after the game, he did not make excuses. He didn't talk about protection. Dirk Cutter did. He didn't talk about it. He just said, look, I can't, I can't, those three interceptions are on me. That's what quarterbacks do. They take the interceptions, you know, because sometimes they're wrong and the receiver makes them look right. So it's, it's all a team game. And, and I still, I think that when the coaches look at it and they could see it in real time too, when they look at it on tape, they're like, you know what, man, we, we, we bit ourselves. Otherwise, this is still the fact. They're still the number one offense in the NFL. I mean, they're putting up so many yards a game, um, and it's sort of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they're not going to change it this week. I think we'll hear from Jameis Winston, who probably won't talk about, or they'll tell him not to talk about what he's doing, um, but will be very gracious and humbled by the experience and tell you he's, gonna, he's so glad they're winning. That is, you know, Fitz, he's proud of Fitzpatrick. He's played great, and that he's ready to take on whatever role they want him to do. And in the short term, that's going to be a backup quarterback. It just is, and it has to be because, like you said, Steve, I think guys would look at each other funny, like mm, put him in now, <laughs> you know, like now, right now. I just don't. I don't think they have an answer now. Talk to me in a week, okay? Because, like you just said earlier in the podcast. What do they do if those three interceptions happen against Chicago in the first half and he's standing next to the head coach? All right, so the other news, Chris Conte, as I mentioned, aggravates his knee and he is placed on injury reserve. Uh, That's a horrible thing for him given the stiff arm that everybody's making fun of. Can I just say, 
Chris Conte, who I've gotten to know over the years, he kind of came to the Bucks with this reputation, you know, as not being a very good player. But a couple things on that. One, if you're in the National Football League, folks, trust me, you're one of the best players in the world. They don't hand these 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 you know fifty three jobs away. Nobody does. You have to earn them. There are an unlimited resource of players that want them. And you may think that he sucks, but he doesn't, regardless of what you think and what whatever Bears fans think. Has he had some moments because he's a safety where guys end up, you know, he chases them through the end zone? Yeah, that's the nature of that position. Sometimes and very often it's not the guy who's closest to the ball whose fault it was that the person scored. Sometimes they're the ones trying to cover up for a guy that made the mistake that's not in the frame. And I think that's been the case with Conte. You just feel bad that he, you know, that he got abused physically, uh, you know, on the play by the tight end that that ended up going, you know, what seventy five or whatever for a touchdown, um, and that's sort of going to be, you know, replayed. And but people are so mean, Steve. I mean, the stuff that they have done with that. You know, and 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 the memes and all that. Oh, well, did you did be- you see that his Wikipedia page was changed immediately, and it said he was murdered that night on the f- football field? Uh, I mean, it's been changed back, but that is was, that true? I mean, you, anyone can go change a Wikipedia page, change and it gets it, changed right, back right. pretty quick. But someone screenshots yeah. it, and that's horrible. That really is horrible. There was a poor guy from somewhere who has the, you know, who has his name is Chris Conte or whatever, and he has a Twitter feed, and it's not that Chris Conte, who's like white unicorn twenty one, um, and this guy got so abused that he, I think he took his countdown. Yeah, probably, you know? I would. I mean, it was just it was just ridiculous, you know. But the vile thing, I, I, I you know, fans, I get being a fan, okay, gives you a certain license, but, you know. I've talked to Chris about it. He's he's learned how to tune it out. It was hard for him in the early part of his career. But he's good, you know. He's got a kid now. That changes your perspective. And Anyway, so he re-injures that knee on that play. He started the game. He had been questionable throughout the week and played that game and then got hurt, got re-injured uh, to the point where now he's going to be placed on IR. Dirk Cutter said that they hope that he might be one of the guys. You get to recall two guys. Um, during the season that you can designate for recall. You don't have to designate them. You used to have to, but now you can just bring back whichever two guys you want. Um, the problem is they got to be out for at least eight weeks. So, you know, Conte probably wouldn't come back to like week 12 if he's eligible or so. Um, and, you know, that's that's a tough break for him. And it's a tough break. It's a tough break for the Bucks too. I mean, they, they lose the starting safety. Remember that we began the cuts by them cutting Keith Tandy. Um, you know, who's now in Atlanta is probably mm-hmm. going to have to play some ball because they've lost both starting safeties there. So the Bucks on Monday night picked up a safety, Andrew Adams, who started 17 games for the Giants the past two seasons, which, you know, would make him maybe the most experienced guy in the secondary short of Brent Grimes because his 17 starts over two years is more than most of the guys in the Bucks secondary. So well, just, just think Adams, about your secondary. You're out two starters already after three weeks. Totally. Vernon, Vernon yeah. Hargraves is out for it. Right. And Brent Grimes just came back. Mm-hmm. So and he you, looked you a little shaky. Had, you would have three. Yeah, he did. He looked like a guy who hadn't played football. Mm-hmm. You know, he missed time to jump, I thought, one time. It ended up a big play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy that had an unbelievable game, I'm telling you, this guy's a player now. Carlton Davis, dude's a player. Flat out baller. 
Yes. Did it in the SEC as a freshman. Played man. He, he did a heck of a job on Antonio Brown last night or on Monday night. He did. Um, was not intimidated. Wasn't too big for him. You know, Ryan Smith didn't even play. Remember they were bragging about, oh, this is the best game Ryan Smith ever played last week? Did not get a snap on defense. That's how good Davis was. And and so now with the safety, you got you got to play another rookie. You know, you're going to play Jordan Whitehead, who they really, really like. And now now he gets to start his career. But you got him and Justin Evans, who only intercepts Hall of Fame quarterbacks, apparently, um, back there at safety. And so we'll see if Andrew Adams, who is uh, not related to one of the late presidents, that's a, that's a, that's a presidential name right there. Like, ladies and gentlemen, the president, Andrew Adams. He's, uh, he's going to come in and play for him. So we'll see uh, – We'll see what they're going to do on defense, which I still think has a lot of room to grow. The other big story, and we can get into this you know, uh, more in depth at another time, is that what the hell is going on with this whole roughing the passer situation? Uh, it's very confusing, and it's much like you know, the NFL, when they tend to try to fix rules, make it more, you know, make it clear as much. Worse. They make it worse. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the catch or whatever else. But ultimately, they're trying to change a behavior. You can't gradually do that you've got to you've got to just jump in and and, and rip the band yeah right? and it's going to cause a lot of people a lot of pain and a lot of anger and but if you're trying to change behavior you can't just be well every year we're going to get a little more and a little more no it's it, i mean the nfl is going all the way in on it and you know you as you and i were talking about before the podcast yeah you know the players can blame themselves on this too they absolutely can. Uh, and not saying they're not in the right to do what they're doing, but when you start suing the league over <laughs> health right. issues, yeah, the NFL is going to stop giving you reasons to sue them. <laughs> or they want to pay the money. Right. I yeah. mean, we, we set up a fund where it was like $500 million was supposed to last 10 years. It's gone for all the lawsuits that we paid out. You guys want to come after us for safety? We'll show you safety. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, pretty soon – Here's my fear about it is that there's a couple things that have happened now. One, you know, you've already you've already made the target on quarterbacks so small that you know you can't hit them low, you can't hit them high, and now you can't jump on top of them. Well, that's physically impossible, right? If you're going to tackle a guy, even a form tackle, there's a really good chance you're going to come down on top of the guy, all right? So you can't and you can't lift them, you can't do that. So uh, what what can you do once you hit a quarterback? Well, very little. Well, here's my and question: so, Is you know you get say you got a defensive back coming in on a yeah. blitz, let's say, and you're trying yeah. to take down Roethlisberger and Newton. Do you think those defensive backs can just hit them and they're going to fall and not no, not big, fall on not try to tackle tree, them and fall tree, on top? Big tree don't fall hard. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it's one thing if Gerald McCoy's coming up the middle and hitting yeah. somebody, but you know, you got someone coming off the edge against you know. Who are the big quarter? You know, Roethlisberger, Newton. I mean, they're yeah, Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you think you're just gonna, you know, we're gonna start playing two hand touch to quarterbacks? And, and, no, they're and, no, you can't. And at you the end can't. of the day, I, I'm I'm in favor in general of making it say. I mean, if well, you're a, if you're, things, if, you're think, if you're a 49ers fan, are you excited about the rest of the season? No, Garoppolo's no, out? no, and that and part of that is on Garoppolo. But to your point, sure. no, the quarterback is the game. The 49ers don't have a chance now. Their season is over. Okay, Beathard or whoever you know, CJ Beathard, whoever's a quarterback now, is not going to win any games for the 49ers this year. Yeah, they don't have Fitz happen. Magic coming off the bench. 
No, no. And that's another thing we'll get, you know, we can mention quickly before we get off the Fitzmagic thing is that Dirk Cutter realizes he's not he's not complaining. They have they have quarterbacks out the out the ears. They're happy they got more than one guy. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, you're you're done. So you're right. I mean, the quarterback is the game. We've all accepted that. I mean, it's it's bad for the league when Aaron Rodgers and this is the Aaron Rodgers rule. This is the one that, you know, ironically is hurting his player, Clay Matthews, more than it's hurting anybody in the league. The guy's been penalized three times in three weeks for this. Um, you know, Booker McFarlane was funny. He tweeted something like, next time you get to a quarterback, pick him up, walk him to the sideline, put him gently down on the bench, and then maybe you won't get a flag. Uh, so it's it's gotten re- – it's, it's really the theater of the absurd, but you're right. The, the officials have been told to call this. You know, if the guy lands – with his body weight on top of a quarterback, we are now, we are now going to throw flags. Here's the problem, and we saw it. We saw it Monday night. You're turning this into soccer. You know, guys are going to flop like you've never. You thought the NBA had floppers. I mean, Ben Floppersberger the other night went down. You know, like he was with you know, he was touched by a feather and went down like he was hit with a brick. Yeah, Neymar is going to be the next quarterback in the NFL. Exactly, and I'm just waiting for the trainers to come out with the cold spray and the stretchers, and the guy to get on it and one to the sidelines and see the flags, and then he he sprints back out on the field the next series. You know, that's what you're going to incite. You're they're going to be drawn. You know, everybody wants to win, right? What's a better way to win? Every time a quarterback gets knocked down, roll around a little bit. You know, if they brush you, fall. Or we and so then what are we going to have now? Embellishment penalties. You know. Penalty, number seven on Pittsburgh, embellishment, 15 yards. I mean, what, how are we going to counter that? So they're in a weird they're, – they're, they're really pushing it as far as the rules makers go. But rest assured, I mean, they can talk sort of like they did with this. You know, when the league – when the season began, the big thing was, oh, my God, you know, we have this rule. If you lower your helmet and make contact with this part of your helmet, if you, even if you're on offense – you're going to get a penalty. And then they changed how they started calling those plays. They still have the rule. They're going to have to talk to officials about this. But they're not going to change the rule, at least throughout this season. No, they could change they how they change call the it. They change the way though. they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to give these guys a break, right? And no one wants to see a guy break his collarbone, let alone Ben, ben Roethlisberger or, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Jameis Winston or anybody. But it is football. You know what I mean? There is an inherent risk, especially when you're the guy touching the ball because the ball is what everybody's after. You know, it's football. Get the ball. The ball is the thing. It's not the foot. It's the ball. So I don't know how you take it out of the game, but it's gotten ridiculous to the point where this one guy in Miami tore his ACL trying to hold up, trying trying not to land on a guy, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the other thing you have. You now have – this is in the, the heads of these defensive alignment. I got you. I see you. I, I'm going to hit you in this little strike zone. But now I'm going to pull up. And so now a guy like Ben maybe bounces off of you, right, because you absolutely turned him loose. You know, you didn't, you didn't know what to do once you got there. So you can't be hesitant, and it's just – it's becoming a thing. I. I and I and I get why people are more than frustrated about what have they done to our you know to our game of football. I think the hard part is is that people just don't know. It, just like the right. catch rule for many years, and it still kind of persists. Although I think it's a little more clear than it used to. A be. A little clearer now, yeah. But you, you know, you, you from game to game and hit to hit, you just don't know. That's right. 
That yeah. it's the, it's you know we always talk about you you know it doesn't matter the sport with officials be consistent. Just tell me where the strikes are. But I don't know down, if the officials can be consistent because I don't know if they fully understand what's expected. Right, they don't. They don't know what to call, and we're asking too much of them. The game's too fast. It's it's like Dirk Cutter said. I don't want to be an official. Their job is way harder than mine as far as getting it right, but. Because it's just the guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster, and you're trying to make calls at, at the speed of – at natural speed, not at replay speed. Certain things aren't reviewable. So it's tough. Anyway, we'll have a lot more Bucks talk, talk throughout the week, obviously. Jameis Winston today, this morning, we'll talk to him and get his reaction about uh, how the Bucks have done with Fitzpatrick, and maybe he'll give us some clues as to what he'll be doing on Sunday. Uh, meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays, we mentioned uh, – Poor Grays, they got eliminated. They really gave it a good fight. What a run they had this season. Um, and that, that happened on Monday night. Then on Tuesday, you know, I guess, Steve, this is where you try things, right? You got a few games. You got to find some things out about your players. But um, they wound up getting way behind to the Yankees, I think, seven runs. Gave up seven run, third innings. inning. Yeah. G-Man Choi played first base his first time in the field for the Rays, although he had to leave the game uh, hurt. Mm. You know, the Rays right now, 87 and 70. With I, I bet they want to win. They got go? four more, five, five games. I bet they want to win ninety. I bet that oh, number is big. Oh, I big, think it is big, big. That's a big number. You get to ninety, that says something, right? Oh, absolutely, it does. I mean, for a team that was predicted to win seventy or less by most people, oh, you got them losing a hundred, babe. Had them losing a hundred. Uh, Not afraid to admit it. Yeah, and then there's some guy. players playing for some individual things too. Whether it's three hundred or thirty home runs, things like that. Sure. Sure, um, but yeah, no. I think you know the hard part is right Rookie now you're facing you're facing the Yankees who are battling for you know with the the A's is who's going to host the wild card. Yeah, so you know they've really got something to play for. They're trying to get home field for the wild the you know the one game wild card against the A's. Yeah, and the Rays beat the Yankees up pretty good this year, so I'm sure they mm-hmm. want a little revenge on that. Oh, absolutely. They, they actually did a good job against them. You were at the, the Tampa Bay Lightning's preseason. Are we done with preseason? It's, I know it's one of the shortest preseasons in sports, but Really hard to watch preseason hockey. Well, first of all, most of it's not televised, so it's kind of hard to watch as far as unless you're at the game. Well, there you go. That's probably why I don't watch it. Uh, There's two more games left. Thursday they'll be playing the – they played the Panthers tonight or Mm -hmm. Tuesday Mm -hmm. night. Thursday they'll be playing the Panthers in Orlando at the Amway Center. Saturday they play the Panthers at Sunrise. And then next Saturday they open the season against the Panthers. So four, four straight games against the Panthers, three preseason, one regular season. Isn't that kind of weird though? Like, would you have to hold some stuff back, maybe? Or no? Um, you know, I don't. You know. I don't know how much strategy there is in hockey. There is. I mean, you're probably you know in the preseason you may not always be matching up lines for lines like you would in the regular season. Yeah. Um, you know, right now you're still playing some of your younger guys that are trying to make the team. Um, so it's you know it's not necessarily your full roster. Although by Saturday, I would think you know we're here. Pretty much, yeah. You know. Both teams are going to play Saturday, and then they don't play again for another week. So you got to assume Saturday is going to be basically your roster, right? That you're going to the regular season with because it's another week until you play you, until you open the season. Um, so you know Vasilevsky was in goal on Tuesday night. I assume Louis Domingue will get Thursday night's goal, and then Vasilevsky will take Saturday night, right? You know, for instance, right. as far as goalies go, that's what I would assume. Nikita Kucherov left the game hurt. They're saying uh, nothing serious, but it just took him out for precautionary reasons, lower body injury. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Johnson right now is not playing. 
So they may have a couple more young guys on this roster come opening day if those guys aren't ready to go for uh, what in 10 days from now. My favorite time of the year, Steve, is right about now when we get to October and you have all the sports going at once. It's, it's a rare sort of Yeah, NBAs are opening their training camps now. Hockey's getting ready yeah. to start in about a week as far as regular season. Yeah. The Lightning don't start till the, the College football weekend. being full full tilt, you know, the M- the NFL, mm-hmm. of course. Major League uh, Baseball and, playoffs yeah, baseball getting ready. Playoffs. Yeah, baseball playoffs are here. And so yeah, the fall classic, you know, just, just in, hopefully one day sometime in October, maybe November, the weather goes away from 90 degrees. Relative <laughs> humidity might drop to 78%. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, jeez, man, this heat. Between the heat and the damn thunderstorms because of the heat. And this is Yeah, how much you know, fun Florida was that was going not, to the Monday night football game in that storm? Ugh. Well, you know, they closed the parking lots yeah. because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. They can't keep their workers out there. Right. And so when the lightning came, no one would – I went through – 20 light cycles where I couldn't turn left off yep. of Del Mabry into lot five, you know, because there was nowhere to turn. So people got stuck. It was it was a mess. That was a and, heck of a storm. Know, oh, man, it was brutal. It was fun to watch it come in because I'm inside the car. But mm-hmm. I was already was at the press of, box, so I was uh, watching it from there, which was the best place. Yeah, to watch that it. had to be something. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of lightning. And uh, yeah, this other thing, like people I'm watching um, – I don't know, like if you parked at Hillsborough Community College and you got across mm-hmm. Del Mabry there, you know, or whatever, okay. It was two hours before the game. And how could you see that storm? Like, I assume you didn't walk from your house, right? So you must have had a car parked a good distance away. And I know you want to get in the stadium, but unless you just completely mis- miscalculate, I saw people standing in the middle of that downpour with the lightning popping around them just getting soaked to the bone. You could not be any wetter if you jumped into the ocean. You couldn't. And I was thinking, man, you got to wear that now for the next three and a half hours. That's going to feel good, you know. But why would you leave your vehicle? Like, folks, stay inside. Wait till this thing passes. That's the thing about thunderstorms. They will eventually pass. So, anyway, uh, remember now, uh, before we uh, sign off here, you've got to go do this. I did this several years ago. And that's Swimming with the Manatees. If that's on your bucket list seven days a week, just call Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees there in Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. they got lots of offers, especially for military and law enforcement. Um, so make sure you call them now at 352-571-1888, and you will swim with the manatees. You won't regret it. It's some of the coolest stuff. These are giant uh, docile creatures that actually are kind of curious and uh, you can you can literally snuggle right up to them. It's pretty neat. Make sure you do that for sure. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you on Thursday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.